What about now? Because I'm seeing if I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. They can hear you also. Joe, welcome to Jacob V Weekly. It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a long time. I haven't spoken to you since last time we were on air. Uh, no, I mean, we've talked. You mean in person? I don't know. I just wanted to create the illusion that... We oh, that we've been completely unplugged? You're right. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know. We hadn't planned that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jacob V Weekly. Uh, that was um, some live jams happening there from... Um, you know, I have two microcorgs now. Microcorgs. Yeah, and, uh, and I have a MIDI synced up. I mean, some chicken. What kind of chicken did you get? Is that Chick-fil-A? Mm. Better not be. No, this is um, some like organic frozen chicken strips or some shit. It's mad decent. It'll suffice. Uh, Animated Geek says, I haven't seen you since the war. Um, Shout out to Animated Geek 100. I tweet stuff at her and she just draws it and it's perfect. She drew me a beautiful eagle that was actually a chicken the other day. I wanted like a chicken that could fly majestically like an eagle. And she also drew a silly doodle of Anthony Fauci for me, both of which I appreciate greatly. Uh, Anthony Fauci back in the saddle, as it were. Huh? It's exciting. Up there in the old... I mean, if you're Anthony Fauci, it's exciting. A lot of irons in the fire over here. Uh, So, Joe, lots to talk about this week, and... Um, and you know, I've, uh, we had a great birthday, um, episode for me last week with Al and, um, Za and Chris and made a lot of my friends came through. Yeah. That was like one of our funnest episodes, I think. I'm a big fan. What's going on? I'm just looking at. It looked like something else was still playing, music-wise. Because it was. I think we've been talking over music this whole time. Yeah, yeah, the hip-hop function. Do they have any new patches on those microcorgs that are any good? Are they, like, new patches? No, I mean, this is pre-owned. Maybe he left some secret good patches on there. It was a she, you bastard. You know, I, well, I was wondering, you know, the person, the username that you saw that came up on the Streamlabs, is that, were you assuming their gender as a woman progressively? No, she's my cousin. No, I know her. Yeah, I know, yeah, I think she's, you know, not to assume that she's so binary or whatever. I want to add, I want to add something to the show prep, that, that article you posted about the hip-hop. About. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Okay, good. <laughs> that was, I, was, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the world is crazy. So on my turntable this week, actually for the last month by now, has been disc three in my Third Man Records Vault exclusive edition of the White Stripes new official greatest hits. I was concerned at first because historically a greatest hits could be like a generic compilation of like, you know, recognizable songs by like a lame duck catalog by the the holding publisher you know what i mean like mandy moore switched record labels so her old record label put out mandy moore platinum hits and even she was like what like what is on there 
it's all like him covers, you know, hymnals. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. That, that's why I assume Mandy Moore would have. No, no, she's got a. Yeah, she's got some great stuff, especially late Mandy Moore. Ooh, like Wild Hope Mandy Moore. Some good stuff. It's, it's, but this um, this White Stripes thing is definitely not that. And disc three is all B-sides, which is always my favorite thing. And the highlight for me are these four B-sides from Conquest. when Con- um, That was their big mariachi cover of some old Dusty Springfield song or something. Yeah. And these four songs were recorded at Beck's home studio after their last tour got cut short, I think, which is uh, I remember realizing um, is like their latest studio recording together. You know what I mean? Before they yeah. disbanded. So I'm remembering all this from being a super fan at the time, not necessarily from recent research, but those four songs are really cool. They're really weird. And uh, I like them a lot. All the B-sides are great fun. And I didn't have any of them on vinyl. So the B-sides disc is like the best thing ever. Yeah. Maybe you feel like it's a money grab, but I'm a happy customer. So there's plenty of money in that dead horse. I'm going to keep kicking it. Uh, also, I, I've been listening um, on my Jacob V's favorite songs for January. It's a song called Bonk by Saturn. And there's a lyric... It says FJK Rawling, she better quit it. And Joe thought I was actually talking about JK Rawling, like we had beef. But she is a turf. She is a transphobe and an old lady. A turf. Is that yeah. the term? Yeah, trans exclusionary radical feminist or something. I love that. Oh, yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. You know, but um I don't have a dog in that fight specifically. Mm. Which chicken is that? This is some Purdue organic frozen chicken. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Pre-breaded. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not being very interesting. I was under the impression I was going to be doing my normal thing. What? Just, uh... Yeah, I just had to eat my chicken. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you're not in charge here. Don't worry about it. I'm going to get some food, too. I've got some noodles you... upstairs. Yeah, you're going to have to wait until we're done. Because we've already started. And if, I, if I'm just sitting down here talking to myself, Keenan's going to pull the plug. She's not going to let um, that go on. Hey, we have a talk about the Instagram. We have an Instagram page now. Yeah, so I put that in my notes, guys. If you um, follow me on Instagram, uh, the show now has its own Instagram where we're going to be posting exclusive content and clips and um, some stuff from the archives, like just old MySpace photos and shit. So, um, it's Jacob V Weekly, all, you know, lowercase. You can just type that in, no spaces, and it'll pull right up. Jacob V-I Weekly, uh, J-A-C-O-B-V-I-W-E-E-K-L-Y. And and uh, and that's new to us, but that's a, uh, a way that we're going to kind of, because constantly doing everything in YouTube, I mean, unless you spend all day in front of YouTube, Instagram is probably more fun for our clips. We're going to try to do... <laughs> We're going to try to do some fun clips that are short and put them on the Instagram. So we're excited about that. <clears throat> Woo! Rumor mill, honey. So St. Louis music venues already operating at a mere 10% of capacity are allegedly being pressured to avoid booking hip-hop events. Did you see this on so Facebook crazy. today? And yeah, so, that's what I was. Uh, so I, I saw like three different dudes posting about either not being able to book hip-hop shows in St. Louis or about certain venues telling them that they weren't booking hip-hop shows specifically. And so then I posted 
to kind of gather some of this information, investigating some of this stuff. And allegedly, Alderwoman Marlene Davis of the 19th Ward is who supposedly gave local venue Red Flag an ultimatum to shut their doors or ban hip-hop till we get over the COVID restrictions. Now, the reason they're, they allege to be targeting that crowd specifically is because uh, of an incident where... Uh, a trash can got thrown at the building by sort of a, a drunken, angry mob of sorts. I wasn't there. Um, we'll keep you updated as details unfold. But this is something that I felt the need to call out because it's something that, like, I've always struggled with a certain um, group of venues that seem to have a very specific demographic they they are, will play to exclusively. And... Um, and if there's any political pressure motivating any of that stuff, that's absolutely not okay with me. I had even people reaching out to me separately. I had, like, seriously, like, two different people reach out to me separately and say, hey, thanks for posting that. That sounds crazy. I want to find out more about it. Like, uh, I don't even really know anything yet. So um, this is the stuff that's come up from people that were uh, performing I'm at, trying to do research. At one of these. Yeah, it's, it's, a new, it's a breaking story. We're breaking it here, folks. I know. I know. I feel like a journalist. I feel like I'm going to get assassinated. They're going to send the Mossad in here. That's the thing. I would really love if this older woman, Marlene Davis, is connected enough. Because um, if that's true, that could be really good for my career. If we had some beef with an older woman. Like, just that level. I don't want to go to war with the mayor because she she will have me killed. But an older person, like, I could take some older goons. <laughs> it'd be so funny because it'd be funny... Because she she has like about the same platform as we do, and it'd be funny if that's like her. She like is wanting to have some beef, so she finds this like be totally. Great. I'll have her on the show. Podcast. I will have her she, on the show. She can come on this show anytime. She. I'll kill this cat. This cat is pulling on my headphones right now. Get out of here. <laughs> She's like, oh, this, this website. They're literally. It's like weekly. they're. Oh, Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, they did it. Oh, they did it. They, they, oh, they did it. they unhooked you. Headphone. Hold up. Oh, and it's dark. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I can't believe he did this to me. I can't believe he did this. Oh, I found it. I can't believe. This is ridiculous. I have my headphone in a. Could you hear me? Yeah. I'm back. I had my headphone plugged into an extension cable, and the cat literally ripped it separate so that i couldn't hear anymore oh so um again you know i've had beef with certain neighborhoods of venues with age restrictions uh with a few years ago when they opened like some new place the thing was like dress code being really insensitive and kind of shitty what so if older people are yeah they're they're like when they opened ballpark village it was like all very racially targeted dress code. That is so bro, funny. bro, they're not even sleeping on it. They were not yeah. even pretending with the dress code. They made it very clear what sort of element they were kind of excluding, and uh, yeah. it was offensive as all get out. <laughs> I can't show the I can't show the cat because he ran away because I screamed at him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and That's so, awesome. yeah, Ballpark Village. Right when they opened, it was all like no baggy pants and no long yeah. t-shirts and no bandanas of any kind and 
no hats, no tennis right. shoes. I'm like, how am yeah. I supposed to dress to come to a bar and grill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know, this is going to be a nice place. It's going to be a nice place. This is going to be a nice place. We're not going to have any spicy food. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to have anything in other languages. This is going to be a nice right. place. This is going to be a nice. <laughs> it's going to be nice. It'll be two bathrooms, folks. It's going to be so nice. We're going to have a his and hers bath. We're going to have dress codes. And we're going to do Latin mass at 7 a.m. every day. <laughs> it's going to be a classy place. It's going to be classy. We're going to have communion for lunch. <laughs> you get a whole loaf of bread and a bottle of Mad Dog. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the communion of the Cardinal Stadium, St. Louis. So, no, so this is a historical thing. So I got really upset about it. And because it's it, it's just an older woman, I feel like we could go to war with an older woman uh, in the media. That is, that's exactly what our rival. That's the perfect JGV. That's what I need. I need. I need. Yeah. So I need my Wikipedia page to start with. Uh, gained notoriety for starting shit with older people. Confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. For a very public confrontation with. Alder woman Marlene Davis. Listen, I want to be able to go down on Locust, see a little hip-hop music, go outside. I want to start a fight, and I want to throw a trash can through a window because I'm a patriot. I don't need you telling me what kind of – if I want to listen to Tone Loke and beat my wife, that's none of our older woman Marlene Davis's business. Now, that is not really what would happen. What would happen is we would put on Pony by Genuine, and my wife would f- just frag the shit out of me with a sock full of soap. It's more likely. Is this thing on? Yeah, I'm listening. No, you're killing. I'm so sorry. stay, yeah. So stay on that. That's going to be yeah. crazy, Joe. If you find anything about older woman. Marlene Davis of the nineteenth ward and anything about her biases towards hip hop, I need that data. Can I can I actually read the, the headline of this RFT thing? Is it how recent is it? It's um uh never mind. Cocksucker. <laughs> I knew there's this 20, is a breaking this is a breaking story. But yeah. what was happening in twenty thirteen that is related to this? She was even twenty thirteen is too late for the to Davis, it's a no-brainer. This is not a style. She's talking about baggy pants. Tells RFT, this is an absolutely vulgar display of disrespect, not only to every other human being. Oh, man. It sounds like, yeah. What's she look know. like? That's what I was going to, I mean, I can I can assume some things. Well, I just want to know who, so what's her deal? So she is... I'm going to look it up. Marlene Davis. Okay, so she's an older African-American lady. Really? So I probably voted for her. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> what ward am I in? Uh, you're in Ward 19. I'm in Ward 19? Yeah, I don't know what ward you're in. That's what I asked you, jackass. Okay, so... I'm in the 18th ward, I remember from when I vote. So she's not in my ward. So I, did, I didn't vote for her, but if I didn't know who my older person was supposed to be and I saw her on the ticket, I probably would have. Botanical Heights. But uh, she doesn't like... Okay, so she is... Now, here, now here's the other thing. Here's, here's specifically the thing that is important to point out, Joe, that maybe Marlene is making me think about a little bit, is that... Um, 
we should not assume that casual uh, clothing and certain types of music represent the entirety of an entire race of people, right? We would never, we would never assume so much here at Jacob V Weekly. Absolutely. Let me put my phone. However, Keenan's wondering why I'm yelling. <laughs> because my last episode seemed a little quiet, so I'm being intentional with my volume, honey girl. And so I don't want to assume that it's, strictly racist against black people to ban hip-hop events. There are plenty of African-American people that don't like hip-hop. Marlene Davis seems to be one of them, right? Um, it's also, I don't want to assume that something like Marlene Davis said baggy pants only applies to African-American individuals. I wore old Navy boot-cut jeans for 10 long years. Those are baggy. They make you look like you not only are fat but don't know how to dress, yeah. And so I wore plenty of baggy pants when I lived in my homeland in the mountains of Caucasus. But, however, but however, it seems like she has some very conservative cultural perspectives about how people should be dressing themselves and spending their free time in their own small businesses that they're supporting. So, um... I think it's weird for anyone, even on the sly, to openly tell someone, "Hey, don't book hip hop gigs until COVID's yeah. over." So we are gonna we're gonna continue looking into this. I'm gonna give Marlene the benefit of the doubt because I don't want to get canceled before anything even gets started. That's right. And because I don't know her, but if she's on the record, you know, for the last seven years supporting some of these kind of things that are kind of a drag. And it's also, these are African-American hip-hop performers I was friends with on Facebook that were sharing this information. So that's where I'm hearing that stuff. And, you know, and we got to make sure that we have equal voices, brother. Some of my favorite shows have been completely random in the diversity of the lineup of artists. And we just, you know, and I've had, I've had booking agents at other clubs tell me, yeah, can we not book a hip-hop act as the opener? Like I was trying to book... It was these two guys I really? worked with. Oh yeah, I was trying to. I was these two guys I worked with, and I wanted to book a show with the both of them, with us. I think it was you and I and and Adam, and uh, it was I that. Mean, so you're like a victim of racism. Well, and so the booking agent said, "Yeah, can we not do the hip hop act between you guys? It was going to be um, us, and then the hip hop act, and then the headlining band from that night." That's so messed up. Those guys, you know what's so funny? And I was booking that whole show myself. I was the only one spending any money at the fucking bar because it ended up being game six of the World Series. (laughs) But it's like, it's so funny because it's the same guys that are running that club that like grew up and they'll talk about their past. Like, no, we were fucking crazy, man. We were like, you know, we, I mean, fuck the, fuck the man, you know? And it's like the same guys are like, "Mm, I don't think so. Now the, the shorts, you can look a little nicer to our punk rock venue yeah yeah i don't know i don't know so dumb i don't know so that's so that's on my shit list we got to talk about condiments all right i'm a heavy sauce guy you know that i like my food wet Mm -hmm. and lower calories of stuff don't bother me you know what i mean lower calorie versions of stuff don't bother me right um 
even if it's a higher carcinogenic option. Um, um, I'd uh, rather have sauce than no sauce. But either way you go, condiments are stupid potent right now. Like, over the last 20 years. Give someone a nice, subtle, from-scratch ketchup, and they tell you to go fuck yourself. If you give them, like, a nice homemade curry ketchup... They get grossed out. I like homemade ketchup, but the market, the mass is like a potent sauce. If you give them a lower calorie, higher carcinogenic option, like a like a Hidden Valley Zero or some shit, even better. Uh, but I refuse to believe that that shit is a net improvement upon From Scratch Ranch with the sour cream or the heavy, extra, extra heavy mayonnaise. You know, like when you work in a restaurant and they have the big plastic yeah. tub of disgusting, thick, delicious mayonnaise? That's what they make ranch out of in a lot of those places. Yeah. I just, That's I, good. I am not, I'm not going to Here, I was thinking about it. Cause I used to do my fitness pal. You remember that app? I used to put all my food in, even if it was, that. even if it was fucking Taco Bell, You'd um, spend the whole day out, you spend the whole restaurant time doing it. We wouldn't even be able to visit. I was insulted. Yeah. When I was 14. Yeah. I was like, you're just on your phone the whole time. I'm just... Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of food I had to put in there for the accountability. But I never put in condiments. I refuse to acknowledge because I tried once. And like one cup of the buttermilk ranch sauce, they call it now, from Jack in the Box is like 160 calories. By itself. And so you do one of those per fucking taco, you're done. It's so dumb. Yeah. And I don't think people are thinking about it. I don't think people are thinking about how much sugar is in normal ketchup. If you load up on four fat tablespoons of full flavor ketchup, I mean, that's like slamming a bottle of Mountain Dew. Liquid liquid sugars are the worst, I hear. Like, they're the, they're, they just turn... Where do you hear that from? Fat. I, uh, my neighbor is a uh, scientist, actually. Monsanto used to be for the late Monsanto now Bayer recently retired for um, undisclosed reasons the guy it's a lady you jerk Jesus they let ladies work at Monsanto <laughs> yeah yeah they were in a rough place oh god Yeah, but I, uh, you know, you know what else she said is, so these these new uh, Beyond Beef products, they are don't start actually going. Well, they're going to be more unhealthy because the uh, the Beyond Beef burger, the Impossible Burger from Burger King, in order to compromise for the all that lost flavor of real meat, they have to they have to replace all of the uh, they have to replace it all with sodium because that's what gives it you know, a, a flavor. If you've ever had like an actual good, healthy Beyond Beef burger, it doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like, it tastes like grass. And so they have to make up for it with, with sugar and sodium. And it's, it's actually way more unhealthy for you than, um, than regular meat. Well, I had a Beyond Whopper when they first came out. It was $9 for the fucking combo. Like I was like wow. at a Hilton and then, uh, you got whopped. and they didn't even park my car for me. And, <laughs> Then you got it. 
it tasted like a uh, Jumbo Jack. That's it. That's I couldn't think of it. I could not think of Jack's fucking name to save my life. Jumbo Jack. It's yeah. It tasted Jack in the Box. Just just like a Jumbo Jack. So whatever they took out of the Whopper to turn it into the Impossible Whopper made it taste just like a Jumbo Jack. So a Jumbo Jack plus X equals Whopper. So we just have to solve for X. Ah. And I don't know what X is. Yeah, it's uh, probably a probably the sauce. But you're saying it's a sugar salt grass combo. Yeah. Compound. Did you watch the inauguration? I missed it. Yeah, it was weird to think that everyone was sitting around watching TV in the middle of the day, but I had it on in the background. I had CNN dot live in the background at work. Michelle's a queen. That purple was too good. As soon as Mama Kamala puts us all in jail, Michelle's going to be queen. It's going to be luscious. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Uh, I heard in my favorite podcast this week about this guy, uh, Steve Bing. Did you listen to this yet? Yeah, I heard about it. Okay, good. Uh, we, listen we, we listened to the same thing. And who? Yeah. He, apparently he was a Hollywood guy. He was apparently friends with Bill Clinton, and then he jumped to his death from the 27th floor <laughs> of a high-rise of luxury apartments. He also, the reason I worked, wrote this down is because he wrote Kangaroo Fucking Jack. Yeah. Did you ever see Kangaroo Jack? Yeah, the classic. It has that guy from Sliders in it. That'll I don't know if show. it's a classic. Yeah, that guy wanted so bad to be famous. The, yeah. the lead in that movie, but that was a failure. So he probably should have been thrown off the balcony for that. Jerry O'Connell. Th- who? Jerry O'Connell's the guy. He has like a perfect face, but in a creepy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he looks like a fucking carny. He looks like a. Yeah. He reminds me of this dickhole I went to school with named David <laughs> something that was, uh, it's like so smarmy. And then years later, <laughs> I met like I met this like drunk guy at a bar who started talking to me and my buddy, uh, R.I.P. <laughs> And uh, he started showing us pictures of his his daughter's, like, shit bird boyfriend. And it was this <laughs> fucking kid, David. I'm not going to say his last name. <laughs> it was just fucking. And then you know why I hated him? is because he yeah. used to call me a dick shark. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I was brand new in third grade. I seriously did not write any of this down. I can't believe you just did this to me. So he used to call me a dick shark. And what they would do uh, is they would all run around the jungle gym and scream dick shark and point and try to stay away from me oh even gosh. though i didn't consent to any game playing <laughs> i didn't i didn't consent to a game of consent i said guys why are you calling me that they said this is the game we play if you're it you're the dick shark and whenever we see you we have to scream dick shark so everyone else knows where the dick shark is <laughs> and then they would run over but i didn't agree to be it but they decided i was playing and i got to be it and this cocksucker David. Uh, so uh, he would start it off with that. And then one time he cold cocked me in the side of the head for some reason. Like he was, me- we were beefing about something, I guess. And we he were lying. Lighting- you with his dick? No, 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 no. No, cold cocking just means he punched me in the side of the head when I didn't know it. And I fell all the way down and I was so shocked. I couldn't even really get mad. I, I mean, oh I was really dazed. <laughs> then years later, I meet this blackout drunk older guy at a bar. Who, Look at this piece of shit. Who says my daughter's dating this piece of shit? And it was totally this kid David, who was like, oh, always man. was always kind of a wannabe. <laughs> he was an attractive kind of like uh, 
but in a creepy way. No, he was like a handsome young guy, but he, yeah, his like his inner spirit was creepy. Like you didn't trust him, but he always kind of looked happy. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what is he doing? It's like he, it's yeah. he always kind of had a smile on his face, like he just like shit his pants and he's waiting for everyone <laughs> to smell it. But you always yeah. felt like it wasn't that he shit his pants. You always felt like that he was gonna like brutally rape the shit out of you in your sleep. <laughs> right, right. And right. and so then. Just now we're talking about this piece of shit movie, Kangaroo Jack, and yeah. Jerry O'Connell. O'Connell looks just like this cocksucker David that punched me in the side of the head and called me a dick shark. And you know what? I'm glad his dad didn't own that piece of shit condo he always lived in. Oh, that was good. Um. So, but you know what's so funny is my dad had this bout of mania. I think at one point where we were probably a little too old to have a fun morning at the movies with dad, the way he was playing it. But he was so excited about it that it, he was being really cool. So we had a really good time and we went to go see kangaroo fucking Jack, like opening weekend. And we had TGI Fridays or some shit for lunch. And we each had like nine buckets of popcorn. Cause this is when you would get the free refills. Oh yeah. Dude, us, those three fucking cave trolls walking in there with our Tasmanian devil <laughs> muscle shirts, probably. Yeah, right. yeah I'll take there three big pieces of shit to see Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Japan uh, Cinema. How can we help you? Hi, <laughs> we are three cave trolls here to see Kangaroo Jack and just bring in the corn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see, for that you story. remember Fellowship of the Ring? I remember yeah. when the cave troll comes in, when they're yeah, in the I, mine kingdom that, with all yeah, the dead bodies. Yeah. Okay. So that's what me and my dad, and my brother, we each looked like one of those sauntering up to the De Pere Cine, getting out of my dad's pickup truck with camouflage on the side of it, a big, big white truck with a camouflage detail decal across the bottom. And we're all wearing like Cancun t-shirts Right. Having never been to Cancun. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the point. And we're walking up like this. Hi, we heard about this movie called Kangaroo Jack. Me and my large sons would like to fight over popcorn and snarl in the back of a theater full of children for three hours while we watch the cinematic masterpiece Kangaroo Jack. Smoking? Is there a smoking section? No, he never smoked. I saw him smoking a cigar one time at a washer tournament, but I think he was just blackout drunk. He was not a big smoker. He's not a big, never was a big smoker, has never been. Mm. Um, so I thought it was so weird. So you know how the universe does that, where it brings details from my past back into my life? Yeah. What are the odds that my favorite podcast is going to have an episode named after the guy that wrote one of the only movies I ever saw with my dad in the theater? My dad does not go to movie theaters very often. Wow. Ever in his life. Because you know why he falls asleep. He gets yeah. too relaxed and he falls right aside. I do it too now. It's crazy. We oh, I was trying to have a romantic date with my wife. Uh, like this is, <laughs> this is pre-COVID, yeah. so we may not have even been married yet. But it was that maybe year we got married, so two years ago. And uh, there was this new movie out. I read about the RFT or some shit. Uh, it was this Korean movie, maybe, but it had like the longest ever continuous shot or something, and it like and it had this part where you, you, know, there, so you, you saw a Korean movie with your wife pre-COVID. But it had these great subtitles. It was a really romantic story. Parasite? No. No, no, no. It was before that. That's why I knew it wasn't that. 
uh, I want to say it was Chinese, the movie was. We saw it at the Tivoli. It was all in subtitles. But then the whole reason I went to see the movie was this one shot near the end, and I fall asleep, like, right as it's starting. That's hilarious. We were, I was full of sushi. It was warm in there. There's only one other guy in the theater, and he was so mad at us. We were in the big main central theater there. And well, why is he mad at you? <laughs> I guess he wanted to be the only guy in there. I guess he was going to get completely naked and yell. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Is Crazy Dan in there? Oh, well, he's going to have to put his clothes back on. Hey, go, somebody go tell Crazy Dan. We got some pudgy white couple yeah, showed up. <laughs> they're not even going to get popcorn because they're still eating sushi in the line. <laughs> tell me only has to keep his clothes on for about 20 minutes. <sighs> I'm just not inspired to talk about the inauguration. I watched it. Um, I'm excited uh, to to get back to normal and maybe do some good stuff as yeah. a fucking country. I'm just hoping that happens. We need to talk about energy, not as a country, but as as a as a people over here. Pe- like the the politicians are always talking about energy amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I started driving, gas was three sixty-five a gallon, which is high, right? Yeah, Bush would have still been in the White House. Yeah. Okay. So, my senior year in high school. Limited. Sorry, I'm sorry. My senior year of high school, two thousand eight, going into two thousand nine, it plummeted to two thirty, which was so low. Because it was going, it was hovering, it was it was almost four so many times. It got up to in the 380s here. It was crazy high all the time. It was just ridiculous. And then it plummeted to like 230, and it's it's gone up and down. Right now it's hovering around like two, but it's never gone up above three like it did back in the day. And a big part of that um, was, you know... Uh, the economy and people investing in those what we call oil futures, but elderly uh, right wingers on Facebook are gonna are gonna scream at you that a uh, four dollar gas is coming back. But Obama and Biden were in office when it when it dropped, so I don't understand exactly how that correlates directly. Uh, and I took a class in college that included a text about what we call peak oil, which was all about how our relationship with oil, our dependence on oil, was not sustainable because there was going to be a point where the amount of oil we had access to was going to start steadily declining in a way that was not um, consistent with our current model of consumption. Uh, we, we started drilling. That was the other big thing. Also, yeah, we opened, we opened, uh, yeah, lo- um, not local, but um, inland, you, you know, yeah. domestic is the word, domestic oil domestic. production. And uh, it was a really well-written book that, that we read in that class. But I think I initially misread it at the time as, oh, we're already out of oil and we need to start acting like it, which is not necessarily true. Yeah. You know what I mean? The economy may be reliant on oil futures, but it's uh, it's not like oil's running out. But we're always having to have a conversation about future use. So that's kind of the... The room for air. 
And uh, but it felt like to me that we were already out of oil, and I felt like it meant that we had to abandon oil. So of course we'd be fighting for that. But really, what it meant is that we had a scientific basis to regulate our manufacturing and production of oil to reduce waste and sustain that future use. And that's why you know it's such a big part of the conversation now. A big part of why we have such inexpensive oil right now is that a lot of those regulations on how much oil different countries can pump have either been lifted or abandoned, right? We lifted our own regulations so that we could manufacture more domestic oil. We also have those huge coal deposits in Utah and places like that uh, for you know other fossil fuels that um, we have a lot of, even though we technically are supposed to be avoiding them. Russia, for example, has opened the taps, as they say, because other worldly powers have not enforced regulations on production in places like, for example, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. You can look that shit up. It's totally real. Part of why oil is so cheap recently, it's staying so cheap, is because other places have not upheld these international, upheld these international agreements to limit their oil production. And when you limit your oil production, you're doing that uh, in tandem with other countries so that you don't create um so yeah, you, you don't caps well there's the emissions caps the environmental aspect there's also the economic aspect is that you don't want to be undercutting anyone else's uh production or you don't want anyone undercutting yours either so you have to both agree to slow at similar rates at the same time but russia has noticed that people are not enforcing those rules on certain other countries and so they're totally just cranking up. They're like, fuck it. We'll make all the goddamn oil we feel like making. And it's kind of been similar cases in a lot of in a lot of places. So I made uh, the connection strictly because I keep seeing a lot of rhetoric on social media about how um, that big stack of executive orders, you know, Biden signed yesterday is going to include regulations that will totally fuck up gas prices because for example it canceled that one pipeline however that pipeline was not done being built so and it certainly wasn't done being built 12 fucking years ago when gas dropped to similar prices to where it is now so i don't really get that correlation that's something i wanted you to look into what are you looking at looking up what happens after we cancel the pipeline oh did you just type that in to ask jeeves yeah, I, it was Bing, but you did not it, just you did not just bang it. I bang it. You you um, just bung it. I bonged it. Oh fuck, he bung it. Invokes permit, so and includes. I mean, so. So what? As a result, expected. Okay, as a result of expected revoca- uh, revocation of the presidential permit, advan- uh, advancement of the project will be suspended. Okay, so they're just going to stop. And I guess, I mean, I mean they're not going to tear it so down. Crazy, yeah. That's so like it was like, you know, wait. It's like they're it's doing like, that you know, with the not... wall. They're shutting down all production on all the wall so that they can move those yeah. financial resources to uh, the vaccine. That's what I heard today. That's so funny. It's just funny when like, and I'm sure there's an actual business like or a political technical term for it. But it's like it's like you didn't get in the Olympics. It's like we got to wait another four years. It's just. Like, wait for another Republican to get an office. We can finish this thing. That's so funny. Like, that's that uh, is funny. If that was their idea, it was like, well, shit. Yeah. Everyone go home for four years. Yeah, we'll try again. Yeah. 
so hilarious. Oh, girl, we're making really good time. How long have we been on? Great. Okay, let's move on to some of my 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 personal reflections for the week. <laughs> I'm okay. Are you okay? Yeah. You're doing okay? Yeah. Great. 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 So I made a breakthrough on my own self-reflection about this political binary that we live in, like we were just talking about. I used to, and on certain issues, probably would still say that there are some issues where we need to sacrifice something because it's so important. And, you know, for me, it used to be same-sex marriage or, you know, uh, it didn't make sense to me why that was illegal. It seems so cruel and unnecessary. And I used to say, you know, maybe the evangelicals just need to accept that we live in a house, uh, in a, I'm sorry, in a democracy. And, you know... Um, We're not asking them to participate in something just because we want other people to have the same privileges that they have, right? Right. But. I'm here. No, I know. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about how I want to say this. Be careful. We, I just think we need some, I mean, I don't, I, it's hard when you have versions of freedom that are like mutually exclusive. Like it's not. Right good enough to have your own freedom to practice and live your faith in whatever way you want to, but you, you have to enact government to limit other people's freedoms so that your doctrine is intact or something. Right. And, you know, I mean, I definitely think we need to fix healthcare and maybe that's going to cost some dollars from somewhere else that really feels like they need it. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's like the end of Game of Thrones that was so garbage. But the overall sentiment that was the disagreement, you know, so right. I can not spoil anything, it's basically that who gets to choose what is more important than other than everybody else? Who gets to choose who the good guys are? Right. And I mean, it's it's complicated because I can't believe are... I cannot believe you're off camera right now. I know I'm getting I'm getting I'm, I'll be right back. Just one second. What, what could you possibly be doing? <laughs> And you got that ugly fucking dream catcher haunting my live stream right now. Yeah. yeah Why don't you so take your MacBook to the bathroom and you can show my <laughs> audience know, I, how you take a shit? Dude, come on. I know. Stop. I'm trying to let me focus. You better be making a hot pocket. <laughs> you're and you're gonna crinkle Cheetos? <laughs> no, you're crinkling Cheetos in no, the microphone. No, I'm not. Are you, you're not making me a birthday back. cake. I know you're not, not making. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I thought, you know, did you have a good birthday? Talk about your birthday, by the way. I, I had a lovely birthday. birthday. I had a lovely birthday, and I pre and you and your lovely uh, female companion sent me lovely text messages, and I appreciate you both so much. Wait, she sent you something? Oh yeah, she sent me a lovely text message about how cool I am. Really? Oh yeah, she sent me some. She sent me some pics. It was great. Dude, shut up. It was a joke. That part that part was a joke. <laughs> it's a boundary. So, but here's the thing. So like I was saying, so it's it's a hard argument to have that, you know, we're trying to build a better society, but people are going to disagree about what better means cuz something that I think is really really good. I knew you couldn't wait to have noodles, you fucking I'm, cocksucker. I, I'm not it's not it's a, it's not. You even put them in a noodle bowl. Is that a chicken strip? <laughs> no. Egg roll. Oh, God, that sounds good. 
So who gets to decide who the good guys are? But the thing is, like, it seems so natural that the issues that some of the issues we feel really passionate about, for me, it's been healthcare for a long time. It feels like I'm talking about a, a thing that everybody wants that seems humane to give everybody and something like we could afford with the right gradual plan. Right. Um, and people get so angry. People that don't even really pay taxes get so angry. Poor people get angry at the idea of other poor people having health care provided by the same government by which they are governed. It just amazes me that they can just do it. They can get they, their defense. The foundation of their defense is that people are lazy, which frustrates me because it's like, I'm not going to pay for that. You know, it's like, uh, and a big part of the argument, to be fair, is, hey, no one's paying for my health insurance. I work 50 hours a week, and I'm contributing to my health insurance, and if I didn't have this job, I wouldn't have health insurance. And my response intellectually to that always is, don't you want better for your kids than what you had? Don't right. you – you don't exactly. want – don't you want – these are people with their own children who are not making as much money as them, right? Yeah. I know a guy who is so anti-socialized medicine, as he calls it. And he does pay taxes. He makes enough money, I'm sure. He actually pays taxes. So, I mean, yeah. I guess it is his money he's talking about there. But his own children would have healthier, more fulfilling lives if they didn't have to worry about their health insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. as they grow into adults, what if, what if they don't want to work 75 hours a week and be in a super competitive, expensive environment are you saying that your own children don't deserve health care? Because they, they can't get on yours after they're 26. Eventually, they're going to age out. I'm 30. I had to have my own health insurance. You know what I'm saying? Make, so, like, but make, he's, uh, do you think he's just thinking about the lazy brown people that he's afraid of with his tax dollars? Does he not know that those are going to be his own children, too? Yeah. I mean, they're, what they're, make, they're making suffering a rite of passage. And, like, oh, Joe, that's good. Know, it's like a su subjective version of the word, but it's like, it's the same. I work with these people. They're, they're like, somebody is like, I just, you know, somebody's, I don't want, I can't work, you know, these days. Cause I really, the school, she's like, well, I did dental school. And I'm like, that, I don't care about what you Yeah, do. I'm That's not saying, not I'm not saying that um, nobody can do what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying that it's really hard. I'm not saying that, hey, this is – I. did you tell her, hey, my engineering program is harder than anything you've ever done? Did you say that to her? I, no, I can't. No, I don't say stuff like that. <laughs> right. I, but I, the, I, but yeah. isn't that how she's reacting? Right. She's yeah. acting like you said that. Because I complained about something, yeah. people get so mad and they project their own bullshit onto other people. It gets crazy. I have so many examples of that I could tell you. Yeah. But the real battle right now needs to be against that binary. Yeah. Right. You are not my enemy. Like, I think the proverbial you, you are not my enemy because you are pro-life and I'm pro-choice. I don't even really want to argue with women about this issue because I really don't feel like it's my place to tell any woman either way. Maybe this is an issue where I've said this before. Maybe only the females in in Congress should vote on this one. <laughs> if it comes up again, you know that's what I mean? Interesting. Like that's it, that's really how hands off I want to be on that specific issue. That's just me. But that's one of these issues that are very polarizing. Those you got to bring me some of those noodles now. Okay. And uh, these issues are so polarizing 
I would have advice for any female friend or colleague or family member that asked me about one of these issues. Like if, a, if, a, if anyone I know came to me and they had this uh, unexpected pregnancy crisis going on in their life, uh, you know, I would never um, assume to be able to tell them what to do. I would never decree that people have yeah. to make one decision or the other. I would have advice right. for them depending on their situation. And I'm never going to be quick to one answer or the other. And ultimately I, I have never participated in that process. So it's not something that I feel like is any of my business. However, I do understand the people that really um, live and die by that specific issue. They really feel like people are murdering babies for their organs. People really believe that. And it influences how they vote. Whether or not we agree with that is not the point of the show. And I've already said I, this is not a debate I want to have specifically, but I totally understand the passion and the, the commitment to the issue yeah. if that is yeah. where your belief structure leads you. But here's the thing. Uh, it's not a cornerstone of our economy to the point where it should oh. be playing this role in how we interact with people and where we choose to live or not live based off yeah. – that one issue they want us to fight about inexpensive issues like abortion and gay marriage so that they can keep yeah. the status quo when i say they i mean the establishment which is the bipartisan career government right these people that have uh like the new president who have been in the system for decades maintaining the status quo and just leaning Leaning the leaning the bobsled certain ways on certain issues to appease the masses, right? It's yeah, bigger. It's, a it's big bigger. Virtue signal. It's a big. It's a big difference between Democrats and Republicans and the the insiders and the outsiders. All the old people that are at the top of everything and in charge of all the shit. Again, I I you know I said last week they've all been poisoned by lead for their whole lives. <laughs> you never really get over that shit. That shit stays with you. It lives in your spine and shit. And uh, and they're workaholics, and that causes mm -hmm. dementia. And, you know, if you don't get enough sleep because you work too much, you will go fucking crazy the older you get. So if you're pro-life, I know it's coming from a place where you really feel like you're fighting for a just cause. And I'm certainly also not going to tell you that you're not, right? That's totally, I totally get it. But that doesn't mean that we don't agree on more things that we probably uh, disagree, right? I think we, would, I think most of those people that I'm thinking about, me and them would agree on 51% of all other things. If we took every detail of our life in our society and our universe and lined it up one by one, me and that person would probably agree on the overall positivity of 51% or greater of those things. I feel safe making that bet. It's an impossible exercise to recreate. So I'm confident. Yeah, I think the hope is that, especially, I think this is possible with, if we flood the government with Democrats, hopefully we'll create new parties. Because I think, you know, we could have these. Well, especially with the, Jewish... with like these, with like the really square neoliberal, mm -hmm. like establishment Democrats like that are in power right now, suddenly, I mean, it's yeah. not sudden, it's not so sudden. It's just, it's very, like we talk about with Saturday Night Live, it's very like, educated mild leftism it's not progressive yeah. it's not challenging the status quo um we are making yeah. some historical milestones but i think we'd also agree that we probably should have had a woman of color um 
working in the White House a lot longer before 2021, right? Um, I mean, so there were women. So I do agree. I do. I do agree that having the first uh, woman of color vice president is such a great accomplishment. I really like her in that role, and I really love um, her uh, her influence. I just uh, so in conclusion, we love Kamala Harris. I do. I do love Kamala. I didn't like her as the idea of her in the primary. I didn't want her to be president. President. I really like her as vice president, and I would totally be okay if. if if she has to move up a seat somewhere in the middle of the term, I'm totally okay with that too. There has but... to be some sort of glass ceiling. As long as there's a glass ceiling, I'm good. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it's a joke. I was like, I, I hope he knows what yeah. that means. But the real enemy here, Joe, is the small group of people that are hoarding all the resources and power, and they're trying to turn us all against each other while they commit the real crimes. That's really what's going on here. And I'm not saying Kamala Harris is committing those crimes. That's not what I'm saying. I'm also not excluding it as a possibility. Well, that's what I was saying. So I, I <laughs> hope we, we can, instead of having the Republicans, pro-lifers, anti-gay, everything, Democrats, the image of the left, we should have like the most diverse. I mean, there should be, just like gender, there should be, you know, a lot of different, you know, uh, political stances. And, you, and so you should be able to identify uh, as a Democrat, but also say, okay, but when you put me in the virtue part of the government, which should be its own part of the government, like you shouldn't be voting on the virtue stuff with the same, on the same bill you're voting on, you know, on the same. Well, and that's the other problem is the, yeah, the convoluting of, it takes, there's such a bottleneck that they have to, you know, bundle legislation with other things. My thing is, in our daily lives, we are supporting real people every day, right? Unless you're some kind of monster, I bet you do something in support or in consideration of someone you know every day. And, and I'm using the proverbial you here. I'm talking right to my audience. Where's my camera? Give me a camera. I can't read that and, and, and look at the camera. Now, you check on somebody or... Or you literally care for another person, maybe a child or an elderly relative or a student or something. But real people are not just sitting around counting their money all day, figuring out their plan for the universe. We are really fighting to keep things together to try to uphold our ideal of what we want our life to be. And we all do our part in that. We may be doing a better job than others. You may be doing a better job than me. I'm probably doing a better job than a lot of people. My mom is a nurse. She's literally nursing people through one of the most vulnerable points in their life, and she happens to work with disabled veterans. So that's it's easy for me to say I don't have quite that hands-on experience of, of participating in a supportive and positive way like that. But I happen to work at a school with some kids that really, really need the school and the people that they get to work with every day. We are not the problem. Normal people like us that are participating – are not the problem. And if you're fixing cars or if you're unemployed and just taking care of your home and your family, you are doing more for humanity where you have access than uh, when compared to your level of resources than any of these people you see in the news every day. So I need you to give yourself some credit, Joe. You're doing a great job. And, you know, if you have a child or a rescue pet or even just a friend that really needs you, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're an angel. 
right? Would somebody miss out on something if your like daily routine just stopped? Think about that. Think about would would somebody get upset if you failed to do something for them because you just decided to stop doing all those things one day? I think people that can say yes to that are most of us, number one. And you're either providing that support or you're receiving that support. So you may fall in that category also. Most normal people can say that, right? Most normal people have that experience of contributing, right? Especially when held next to a college dropout with trillions of dollars to blow on satellites and research for TED Talks. Fuck those people. And, like, for example, I have an iPhone, and I'd buy a Tesla if my wife would let me, but that's because I'm addicted to the hype. It's not a strength of mine. It's not something I'm proud of. Give yourself some credit. You're either supporting others or you are in need of that support. And if you you can't think of anyone you're supporting, you're probably receiving some support, and that's your privilege, right? I'm glad you have that person. If you're receiving support, you're doing the right thing. Thanks, Joe. Right? Like, if you need help, you should do our, it. Our supposed role models today are, are living so far above the struggle. They're not even living in the same plane of existence that we are. Really. Yeah, like you to me. Totally. And imagine. If you're listening to this, you're probably in that struggle, right? You're probably in that struggle where you actually have to worry about money. You actually have to worry about knocking things off of your to-do list to make sure that you can continue maintaining even whatever meager lifestyle you may be able to hobble together right now in these unprecedented times. And we're letting these people that don't live in that struggle decide all the things that we're supposed to fight about. Yeah. Matt, da- I can say that confidently because I know Matt Damon and Oprah are not in our analytics. They're not listening, so don't worry. And you may be thinking, well, how does he know? Maybe I'm a piece of shit, and I can bet you're totally good. You are either supporting somebody or you are being supported. Tweet me. I can describe it to you. You can you can Instagram us at Jacob V Weekly and say, hey, look at me. Am I a piece of shit? And we will explain to you why you are not. I'm going to ask you some questions about your lifestyle your experience, I'm going to point to you the value in your life that makes you so much more important than the uh, billionaire monsters that we kind of have to consume every day online. Or for another angle, you can tweet me and I'll tell you why you're a piece of shit. I would also like to do that. If you really need me to tell you why you're a piece of shit, I can point that out. I can point out that somebody's loving you, but that you're also garbage. And I want you to think about this with other people. I want you to be thinking that, like, maybe I'm a piece of shit, and I'm going to explain to you why you're not. And I want you to try to acknowledge that in your life for yourself. Acknowledge the things in your life that are valuable in that way. Acknowledge the things that in your life that are good, that are important, even if they're simple. And then try to identify that in other people, even if just for yourself. I'm not saying you need to tell people why they matter, although it could be nice. But try to think about that person's experience. Is that lady at work completely defined by how annoying she is at lunch? Probably not. She probably has a family and she could be really good at her job. That doesn't excuse or heal how fucking obnoxious she is at lunch. But she's a human with value. Probably. Depending on where you work. 
you should have expanded on that and kind of outed somebody you work with. <laughs> and f- I'm that the lady at lunch, I have a very clear idea of a, a lunch <laughs> a lunch situation I used to be in where I actually have a couple people on that list. I know who those bitches are. But those bitches had families. And they were working really hard to take care of their families and they were you know, teaching and then on their lunch breaks, calling and screaming at their husbands and their kids, trying to trying to make a better life for their children. And I can respect that. And it really helped me put up with how they would fucking eat so loudly and talk about having sex with their bald husband all through my lunch break. And it wouldn't upset me as much when I when I had to think that that's a real family. Those are real people. They're really trying to do it. It's a real family. They gross me out. <laughs> They gross me out. They gross me out. You they know, there's li- something endearing about it. You know, there's something endearing about it's not about no. That. This fucking family drank five <laughs> gallons of milk a week. Oh my gosh! It was awful. Um, but I want you to find that in people that you really hate. Find the value that person has in people that really make you crazy because it's hard. But picture a single person that really irks your spirit. Someone who fucks you up in the head. Go ahead and close your eyes. Think about a person that really irks your spirit. Somebody that really gets on your nerves that you kind of have to see on a regular basis. I'm picturing a guy, coincidentally. They don't want us to do this. They don't want us to melt this binary and unify as real people. But... It's for you. It's for your mental health. So I want you to picture your dude. Picture your person. I'm picturing a guy. We'll call him Donald. Just pick a name. Any name is fine. Just picture a guy. My guy's name is Donald. Donald is really challenging for me. He represents a lot of things I don't like. He behaves in a way that really, really gets under my skin. And uh, I hate how he talks, but like in every imaginable interpretation, I hate his accent and I hate the actual words he uses. And the meaning behind them, all three. It's a trifecta of hateable speech. But my guy also looks like a person I would hate. Donald, and again, I'm making a guy up here for this exercise. He's just not me or my culture at all. He shaves every day, strike one. He fake tans. I've never tanned. I don't get it. He wears a suit like every fucking day. If I have to tuck something in, I'm a hostage. I hate it. So Donald, my hypothetical incarnation of hateable things, I have to look at him and try to humanize him. I have to try to discover what value he could possibly have. If I don't, I'll lose sleep over it. I'll obsess over how pure evil it feels like he is, hypothetically, of course. And maybe he has employees. Maybe some of them really like their work that they do for him. Maybe his family has uh, privileges because of his power. Right. His kids seem to be really successful. Not a ton of rehab. Even the secret fat daughter got a law degree, hypothetically. And I and Tiffany, hypothetically. She is. I mean, she's the pudgy. She's pudgier than her sisters. Hypothetically. And I start to calm my hate when I do that. I start to calm down. The things I hate don't go away. Not even for a second. But I'm slowing down. I don't need to rush to shout them down. I don't need to let them occupy that energy in my life. I can dedicate that energy to my happiness. My examples of joy. Like this guy here. My examples of joy throughout my life is where I can start to put that energy. 
I could dedicate that energy to my happiness and to the things that really matter. And the reason I think we should all do that is because I think we need to enter a time of healing. Right, Hans? I have a question. Right, Hans? I think we need to enter a time of healing where, hold on, where we reflect on all this hate that we've been exposed to recently. And I want us to try to think about the good that could persist out of that hate. And I want us to try to use that to calm ourselves down. We need to go back to sleep. Joseph, you had a question. So how do you, when you're, when you're in a position where you have to forgive someone, how do you go about forget? And they've done something really annoying to, you know, to you, they've hurt you or whatever. And you know uh, you have to forgive them because on top of all that, you love them. Do you, I was talking, <clears throat> I was talking about forgiveness with uh, in a in somebody I'm in a relationship with actually, my she's my girlfriend, and I was like, you know, when I forgive, I try to sit and be very intentional about forgiving, and then I just let it kind of like flush in the toilet. I'm just like, you know what, I was frustrated about that. I'm going to give it its time, and now I'm going to leave it leave it. And anytime it comes up again, in my brain, I say. I'm going to leave that. But also that could be toxic. Well, I just, I don't think you're addressing the full problem. I don't think you need to heal away from stuff. I think you need to heal through stuff. So my thing is, and me and my wife were just having this conversation. We were reading some horoscope uh, garbage and I'm a Capricorn and she's a lead. No, no, no. Horoscope. And, uh, and we were talking about, uh, you know, I'm a Capricorn and she's a Libra. We were talking about compatibility and she feels emotions very passionately, but her instinct is to shield them because they're hers, right? They're private. And my instinct is to accept and try to understand all emotions so that I don't lose sleep over why did that happen, right? So for me, it wouldn't be enough to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to worry about that piece of shit David calling me a dick shark and punching me in the side of the head. I'm not going to worry about it because that's not enough. I would eventually have to say, wait a minute. Hey, that guy has no right to punch me in the side of the head just because he's not happy because he's an only child and his parents are divorced and his dad's a piece of shit and can't even afford his own house. Just because of all that does not mean he can punch me in the side of the head because I didn't punch him in the side of the head. So the punishment didn't match the crime. Maybe I am a dick shark. But that doesn't mean you Whoa. can just punch me in the side of the head. So what I think about that is I have to think about, okay, but why why does it not matter? Why why what ammunition do I have to where I can forgive that wrongdoing without having to get revenge? You want to forgive without necessarily getting anything, right? And so for that, I resort recently to gratitude and I do like a, uh, a cost benefit analysis, right? So first off, I like to start by being thankful for everything I do have, right? David punching me in the side of the head in third grade, it doesn't threaten my lovely home or my lovely pets or my lovely wife or my lovely Ford escape, right? It doesn't threaten any of those things. And I'd bet money that I have more success and sustained joy in my daily life than he does if he is still that person 
that called me a dick shark and punched me in the side of the head. But but what if but what like but you don't want to compete with him because what if he does? What if what if he does? Well, what if you can tell he's very fulfilling? He has a very fulfilling life. I just doubt it because I understand the deep void that existed in that boy's soul, and he didn't have like unless he's been in therapy for the last ten years, like I have, and he happens to also have all the same things that I do. Uh, but then I'd be happy for him, and then I'd sneak yeah. into his perfect life. And I'd punch him in the side of the fucking head. Punch him in the face. And when he wakes yeah. up, written in human shit on the mantle, <laughs> dick shark. <laughs> dick shark. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I guess I was kind of speaking after the fact that was, you know, there's always a conversation and there's an attempt to, oh, is this the conclusion? I'm listening. Now it's just buzzy. Um, I was just saying that this is all kind of, I mean, there is, you know, obviously you have to address a problem. And if there is kind of, at least if it can take a step down from where it was, you can then, you know, you can then move forward and say, and apologize to each other and then move forward. But even after the fact, sometimes it'll come back up and in your thoughts, you'll say, man, and, but, that's the problem is if you actually forgave them, you have to let in that moment, you have to let it go because you've already done all of that action. You know, you've already had the discussion, the misunderstanding. I think that's part of it, too, though, is I think forgiveness is recurring. Like, I have to practice forgiveness every time I choose to continue relationships with certain people that require me forgiving them. Right. And we've talked about some of those before. And. So it's not like I can just forgive them once and then just assume I'm going to be over it every time it comes up because, oh, no, I already forgave them. Forgiveness is an ongoing thing. It's like a mantra. It's something you carry into that relationship with that person. Yeah. Because some people do stuff that is so upsetting that if you didn't allow it to go away... And to, to wrap it in whatever wrapping you needed to wrap it. I need to wrap things in understanding in order to then release them with forgiveness. That was your yeah. fucking computer, you cocksucker. What? You just got a notification. No, I didn't. What was so it? So I have to I have to wrap those things in in understanding and forgiveness. Uh other people need to um you know, need to completely cut ties with those people. They can't. They can't get to that point. You know what I mean? But it is an emotional intelligence uh, skill, and yeah. it is something that's really hard. It's really hard. Even you know, it'll be hard. And and but it's yeah. you're choosing the value over the resentment. And so and you're you're choosing yeah. to invest in um, the the positive future, even if there's negative uh, uh, proceeding. That's our time today on Jacob B. Weekly. Joe, stay with me for a minute. We'll wrap this thing up. Guys, that's another episode of Jacob B. Weekly. High five. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever. 
You can also find original music by Jacob V and Too Deep on all of your music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and so forth. Exclusively on Bandcamp, you can find music by my old band Battlestag. You can follow me on Twitter at Malachi Envy. On Instagram, now at Jacob V Weekly. We are on Instagram for clips and exclusive content. J-A-C-O-B-V-I-W-E-E-K-L-Y. I also curate a monthly playlist since May of 2020 on Spotify. Just search for Jacob V's favorite songs and you'll see them there. This month includes that aforementioned White Stripes EP. We did it, guys. Jacob V Weekly, be safe.